Hey there, online family. Thanks so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We believe that the message you're about to hear is a powerful one. We believe that the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work. And we believe that through this message, you'll hear from Him today. So please enjoy. While I'm sitting next to my best friend and my wife, 30 years now, and we're working on our 31st year, and, and so we like to do life together, we like to share together, and, and we're getting better at sharing in a service together. Um, do you think so? We are? Maybe? We'll yeah. ask you all. Yeah, yeah you, you, can, you can rate us afterwards <laughs> to see how well we've done, but, um, but one of the things that we are talking about in, in this series is waiting for a promise, or waiting on the promise. And this being child dedication, we realize that children are a promise. It's an answer to prayer for many people, especially when they go through infertility and, and different things like that. It can be a real challenge. And obviously there's adoption and other ways people can begin to embrace children in their home and in their lives. But one of the greatest things that we know we've been called to do in this earth is, is to raise families or support families, to encourage families. Because I, I believe the family is uh, the, the community. So goes the family, so goes the community. The community, the city, the country is as strong as the families that make it up. And so I'm a family man in a godly sense. And I believe that God is raising up strong families in this hour. And Refuge is committed to help build strong families. We're really passionate about that. So whatever we can do to build you up, whatever struggle you may be facing, we want to come alongside giving you God's wisdom from his word uh, through the teaching and the principles of truth that can help you overcome the struggles because there's so many struggles, there's so many challenges that we all face, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, Deb, what are things we wait on? kinds of things, right? Like um, in the winter, it's coming up, those cars to start, right? We hope they start. What about when you apply for a job? You fill out an application, and then you wait. Then you get a phone call, and they want an interview, and then you wait. Then you have the interview, and then you wait. Then you get the job, yay! (laughs) And then you wait for the first day that you start. And then you start and you're all excited and then you have orientation and training. Like you want to get on with the job, right? And you have to wait for the paycheck too, right? <laughs> yeah, you have. <laughs> Especially when you're first starting, then you really have to wait. And then you wait for that probationary period to be over. All those things you wait for. But when we rush things, what happens? You miss a lot of steps along the way. And human nature is we want to rush. Like, there is a reason there's fast food restaurants. We want to rush, unless you live in the South. They're yeah, not, it's not, not the so same fast. No. They move <laughs> no at a slower pace. But. <laughs> Another thing is, how about when you start dating somebody? Somebody's interested in you. They give you a call. Get all those butterflies, all that exciting stuff. Although we still have those butterflies, right? Do we? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. We do, we do. (laughs) And, you know, you get that phone call and, all right, we have a date. And then you have to wait for the date. And then what are you going to do? And then 
You wait for the first date to be over. It's over, yay, it was good. When's going to be the second date? You know, there's, again, it's always waiting. Then it's a really good relationship. Then you get engaged. Well, that's exciting. But then you wait for the wedding. Everything's a wait. Anything worth having is worth waiting for. That's right. Another thing, then you have that marriage. You, you decide you want to start a family. Then you have a baby on the way, and you wait. And you wait. And if you're some people, like some people sitting in here, you wait like three weeks, right? Yeah? We have somebody who recently had a baby and waited a long time, but it was so worth the wait. Nobody's going to tell you that when you're pregnant, when you're having a baby, it's not worth the wait. It's, it's not easy in the waiting, but it's so worth it. And waiting on the promise regarding children has a natural progression in the stages of life, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Matt grew up on a farm. Lots of waiting on a farm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think anybody that's uh, a farmer, you know, that they know that when you plant the seed, you have to wait for the crop to grow. And you plant the seed with anticipation of the crop to grow. But if you plant the seed one day, you don't go up next week and say, where's my crop? It has to first break through the ground. It has to, you know, do all the, the growth issue and process. It needs the proper uh, sunshine, the rainfall, and all those things. I can remember growing up, there were times my dad would say, we need to pray for rain if there was a dry season. Or there were times we need to pray that it not rain so we can make the hay. And so you've heard the, hay, the saying, make hay when the sun shines. So that means sometimes Sundays we were baling hay because that's, and I can remember getting permission from my pastor. Okay, you can go ahead and make hay today so, because the sun was shining and it was going to rain tomorrow. But uh, that waiting period is, is, I think, significant. But there's a lot that can be done in the waiting to prepare for the next season and what's coming uh, as a result of waiting. So, yeah. Okay. She's helping me. I have a great wife that helps me here. Um, see, uh, we're supposed to, I believe, when we think of waiting in context of vision, uh, God gives vision to people's lives. And a vision simply has to do with the purpose relating to what you're called to do. Some people know, like with my dad, he was called to be a farmer. He knew it. It was in his DNA. It was his vision to, to raise a family on the farm and uh, be out there in the field. I can remember times he would be on, I'd be on the tractor with him and, and he'd be just looking at the field and looking up and, and just talking about how good God is and how God has given him this little piece of real estate to manage and to take care of, of, for him. But in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, we're going to look at this passage. Uh, we are to wait for the fulfillment of vision. When God gives vision, and that is his, his picture of what your life is, is called to fulfill and serve, uh, there's waiting sometimes before that vision is fulfilled. In Habakkuk 2, verses 2 and 3, it says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write down the vision. 
I believe as we seek God, we can know the vision for our life. And, and we need to literally write it down and get it before us. It goes on to say, and inscribe it clearly on tablets so that the vision is clear. So that the one who reads it may run. Verse 3, for the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hurries towards the goal and will not fail. Though it delays, notice it says, wait for it, for it will certainly come. It will not delay long to pray. You know, I can remember a time when, when, when I've sensed the call of God to be uh, in the ministry, but wondering, Lord, how is that going to happen? God gave me a vision to be a minister of the gospel, and at first I thought I'd be a missionary on some foreign field preaching Jesus and, and sharing the love of God with natives in whatever part of the world I was in. But, you know, uh, I... I sometimes was frustrated because after I graduated from Bible college, all of my classmates, they were getting positions at churches here and these doors of ministry were opening and then nothing is happening for me. And so I said, well, I can still stay down here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I can still serve in the church and be faithful in the church. And, but I was in a waiting period of time until God opened the door for me to come back to my hometown area and plant this church. And, and that was uh, 38 years ago. I'm still here today uh, to tell the story, but I had to wait for God to open doors for me to step into my calling to do what I'm doing today. Now, your calling might not be to be on a platform as a preacher or a minister, but each of you are called to do something. You may be called as a physician. You may be called as a farmer. You may be called uh, as you know, whatever, you just name it, whatever career field you have, you've gone after, you know, that has to do with something that has pulled you in that direction because there's a calling inside. And so sometimes we have to wait for that. You want to uh, say any, share any more thoughts about that? Sure, and, and nobody likes waiting. And so it's knowing that because we don't like waiting, when God speaks promises to our heart, really when it's from God, it is worth waiting for. So I think about that scripture and in Habakkuk where you have to wait, and you wait for the appointed time. A minister friend of ours was telling this story about how he was at the DMV, and this was in Washington, D.C., so a lot of people at that DMV. And so he waited in line, and so he was in a line, and, and the line wasn't moving as fast as the next line next to him. And so he thought, well, I'm going to go in that line, and then it'll be faster. He actually went back and forth between those lines a couple times. Well, finally, the line he ended up staying in, he got right to the front, and they put the close sign down. <laughs> Can you imagine? But he talked about the vision he had to get to the goal. And it didn't matter what it was going to take, he was going to get there even though all those obstacles were put in his way. Now that's kind of a simple little analogy, but think of your life in different times that there were seemingly roadblocks in the way. And you're like, like why? Like, I love you so much. Why can't we just get married tomorrow? Well, you could, but there might be a whole lot more problems along the way. Preparation is so important, especially in marriage. There's so many things that come up, and premarital, we are big on premarital prep around here, because one of the reasons for that is you talk about things 
that you don't normally talk about every day. You know, you talk about things like how you grew up and what were things that you dealt with growing up that maybe you'll bring into your marriage that you can work through together as a couple. You know, we talk about things like keeping your lives pure before marriage. You know, in the culture and the world we live in today, it's almost abnormal for people not to live together before they get married. But that's not how God's word is written. And so it's looking, okay, what does God's word say about these things? And so that you're reeling your life back and you're starting over from the beginning the way God has ordained your relationship. Shortcuts in areas like that never pay off. Uh, shortcuts to a future never last. And you try to take the short route. Now, if I'm driving, I'm going to always look for the shortcut. But um, I once, uh, uh, I got this thing on my uh, the Google Maps, and it said, you can save this many minutes by taking this alternative route. And I thought, great, I can save 10 minutes. I didn't realize it was a dirt road. And by the time I got off that dirt road, my car was full of dust, and I just washed it. I'm thinking, great. You know, so that shortcut I, I would not have taken if I would have known where I was going. Part of why we have these cards for you today, like Michaela addressed, is we really want you to think about what is something that you can believe God for, something that's a desire of yours. When, you know, we talked about this being something spiritual, practical, relational, something you're believing God for your family. You know, we talk about our grandchildren a lot, and we have seven of them. They're all wonderful and pure and innocent. They're all six years old and under, but there's going to be a day that they have to make choices, and are they going to choose right paths or paths that might lead to some destructive ways? And so my request on here is praying for my grandchildren to know Jesus at an early age. And so that's something that I can start praying for now and have been praying for because that's a desire of our heart. And then I put a kind of fun thing on there because you never know. And my husband might read this. I want one of those like moped scooters. <laughs> really? Can you just see me coming to church on a Sunday morning? Uh, yeah. zoom, zoom, there's Pastor Deb. <laughs> Only I decided it has to be red so that people don't run me over. <laughs> Yeah. So there, well, we have to talk so. about that later, honey. Yeah, we'll talk about it. <laughs> He'll be waving by me as I'm going by. Okay. But you'll have to maintain it. Okay. 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 So, again, we talk about different shortcuts. And, you know, something years ago, there were these shows, those extreme home makeover shows, where they would build a house in like seven days, renovate a house. And then you had these amazing houses that looked like, Oh my goodness, like who wouldn't want those houses? Your dream home, right? But they were done in seven days. So I'm thinking about the workmanship that happened with that amount, amount of time. Well, I actually looked that up. And I'm like, where are those houses now? What are they like now? Well, one of them, they did a backyard renovation. And with that renovation, they happened to, they said... Um, they dug a pond. Okay, why don't you tell us? No, no, you can tell it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they dug, where, which, okay, they dug a pond. And when they dug the pond, they happened to, a couple weeks later, started smelling sewage. And they're like, what in the world? 
Well, they hit one of those pipes or whatever. A sewer line. Sewer yeah, line. Sewer pipe. And? They had a sewer pond instead of a... Oh. And guess what? The company didn't go back and fix it. So, that was... I bet the grass grew really well around it. Oh, yeah, it. I'm yeah. sure it did. <laughs> Lots of flies in the neighborhood, I'm sure. <laughs> Another one talked about how they did this wildlife scene in the kids' bedrooms, and it was amazing. But within a couple months, it just all started peeling off the walls. So again, taking shortcut, even in things like that, it just really doesn't pay. Yeah. Well, what's required for waiting on a promise? Um, there's actually two components that Scripture reveals Faith and patience, those are the two qualities which actually are directed and associated with tests and trials. And that's something we don't always want to talk about, the tests and the trials, but, but know that life is filled with tests and trials, but yet God has given us the answer sheet right here. It's in the Bible so that we can know how to pass the tests and, and have victory in the trials when they do come. Uh, turn with me to Hebrews 6.12, because this scripture from, uh, uh, kind of talks about this, these two components in waiting on the promise. Hebrews 6.12 says, We do not want you to become lazy. Be like those who through faith and patience will receive what God has promised. See, sometimes people can get lazy, and I think sometimes when we take shortcuts, it's because... We're lazy. We don't want to do what's required to do it right the first time. My dad was always that way. He said, do it right the first time so you don't have to redo it again. And so, uh, and I, I learned that the hard way in, in, in some situations. The same passage in the Amplified Bible, and for those of you that don't know what the Amplified Bible is, it's just that it takes the scripture and it looks at the Greek meaning, the Hebrew meaning, and it basically fills in more words to amplify the meaning so you get a fuller impact of what the scripture is actually saying. I love my Amplified Bible, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's very, very good in that way. But it reads, Hebrews 6.12, so that you will not be spiritually sluggish, but will instead be imitators of those who through faith Lean on God with absolute trust and confidence in him and in his power. And by patience, by patient endurance, even when suffering, are now inheriting the promises. Now, an inheritance is something that God brings in our life. Uh, in the natural, an inheritance is something that comes to us because of relationship. An inheritance is something that you don't necessarily work for, but yet you need to be in position to receive it and embrace it. And that's how it is with God's promises. Um, other translations, such as the New American Standard Bible, translates the word patience for endurance. Endurance is the ability to stick it out, to hang in there and continue to press in. Um, patience does not necessarily mean we have to wait. Uh, it means we have to endure and there's a difference. To endure means you're staying steadfast, your faith is focused, your trust is in God, you're believing him, you're looking to him, you're not speaking doubt, oh, this is never going to happen, I'm never going to see this promise fulfilled in my life. But it's saying, yes, I'm believing, I'm trusting, it will happen because God's promised it to me in his word. My definition of patience is the ability to remain 
consistently constant whether things are going good or bad so that I'm not on these roller coaster situations where I'm up one day, down the next. But endurance and patience allows you to be constant in your faith. Even though things may not look like they're going your way, you can still have that confident trust in God knowing that he's working behind the scenes. I think about, you know, as people, the calling of God on your life, the things that are in the inside of you that you know that God wants you to fulfill. And, and maybe there's things that are there that you just haven't accomplished yet, but you know someday you will. I want to encourage you to get around people who are doing what you have as a vision in your heart to do. Because connecting with those people can help get you to the place where you see those prayers answered and, and you have the tools. You know, I, I look across this congregation and I see different people who have all kinds of hope and vision on the inside of them, but you had to start someplace to get where you are today. You know, if you're somebody who's a business owner, it didn't just happen overnight. It took one step at a time, and that can be really hard, right? It can be hard to just wait for the right timing. But again, when we rush something, it's just never worth it. Uh, something that a lot of times people think of vision, uh, we can also call it a dream. You know, we have a dream. We're to dream big. We're, we're to have this dream that we believe is the outcome of our future as we look forward to what uh, is going to come. But there are so many dream crushers out there. There's so many vision crushers crushers out there that are trying to stop you from believing and stop you from receiving the promise. And so that's why I think what Deb said is so good, the connection with other believers that can stand with you, join their faith with you. That's why being part of a church is so important, and not just attending, but really involved in small groups, uh, connecting with people, with building meaningful relationships, people that can pray with you, stand with you, encourage you when you're having a hard time. Uh, you know, we are accessible to people. We have people in leadership that are accessible from this church. Reach out to us if you have a need. Don't just say, oh, I can handle this on my own. Uh, you can go solo, but you don't have to because you have a family that will stand with you here at Refuge. So, uh, so we, we're going to bring the service to a close, but uh, I want to direct you to one more passage we see in Hebrews chapter 6, and it's really looking at Abraham. Abraham was a man that God gave a promise, that God was going to, he promised to give him a son. And even though he's aging, he's getting older, and it seemed like there was no chance of that happening, that promise was still real. And even though Abraham maybe had doubts and concerns, he held to that promise, and he, it was actually when he turned 100 years old that he finally had Isaac, the promised son. See, 100 years old. You're not 100. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're done. We'll yeah. keep having grandchildren. Yes, please. Okay. Um, but Hebrews chapter 6, starting at verse 13, it says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. Think about that. The promise God made to him and God swore to that promise that he would fulfill it. There was no one greater. And, and God's, I believe, speaking to us here today that God, he is putting his name on the line. 
that he will fulfill this promise if you trust him, if you look to him, if you believe in him. Whatever that promise is, you may be battling a physical illness, a, a disease in your body, and you're looking to the promise of God's word of healing and having your health restored. We can look to that promise and believe God for a miracle. And, and so whatever, you may be having a financial challenge and you just don't know how you're going to make it. Well, God's promised that he will meet and supply your need according to his riches and glory. There is, uh, Michaela said it earlier, you know, that I maybe could tell you how many promises are here. Some theologians say there are 8,000 promises in the page of the Bible. And uh, I, I read one place that there's at least 365 categories of promises. So that's one for every day of the year. So this is the book of promises. We encourage you to read it and, and begin to claim those promises and believe that God is going to fulfill a promise in your life because God is looking out for your best interest. He's concerned for your well-being. I used to be under the mentality that, hey, if I mess up, God's going to take me out. That my uh, understanding of God was that he was harsh and mean and strict. Now, he's just, he's righteous, but he's also loving. He's kind. He's compassionate. He loves you more than you can comprehend. He loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you. And that's incredible. And, and as we, we, we consider that at this time, um, I want to... Um, um, you have any other words, closing words before we... Well, I think about that relationship with Jesus that you're talking about and, and how I know from my life, you know, I knew that God was present, God was around me. You know, I believe that he died on the cross for me. I believe he forgave my sins. I believed all those kinds of things, but like you, I believe that if I messed up, he was going to get me. Something bad was going to happen in my life because I made a wrong choice. Now there's consequences to wrong choices, Absolutely. and yet God is a loving God. We serve a loving God. And to know that he forgives us, there's absolutely nothing at all that we could ever do that would cause him not to love us or not to forgive us when we ask for forgiveness. But part of that is humbling ourselves and admitting I messed up. God, I need you in my life. And I never knew that I could have a personal relationship with Jesus. I remember somebody telling me that the first time, and I thought, yeah, you're a little loony. <laughs> you can really have a relationship with Jesus. <laughs> but I didn't know what was written on the words, on the pages of this promise book. I didn't know that when I asked Jesus into my heart, and I asked him to become the Lord of my life, that he totally, freely, willingly loves me and he accepted me just the way I was. You know, this has been a dedication uh, service of children to the Lord. But the question we want to ask as we close is, have you dedicated your life to the Lord? And my encouragement is give him your life, give him your heart before it's too late. Time is running out. These are the last days. Time is, life is short. We need to get right with God. We need to give him our life before it's too late. And uh, this, this morning, um, 
can go have your seat, Dad, but I'm just, we're going to just close things up. Thank you, honey, for sharing with me and ministering with me uh, at this time. We're just going to encourage you to bow your heads and, and close your eyes because we're going to pray. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I know my life is not right with God. If I were to die today, I'm uncertain where I would go. God has promised the gift of eternal life for those who believe. And it's not based on your works, what you do, but it's based on your belief and your trust as you place it in Jesus Christ, saying, Jesus, I'm, I'm trusting you to be my Lord and Savior. The scripture tells us that if we believe in our heart, in Romans 10, 9 and 10, and confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, we shall be saved. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. So we know that faith in Christ is, is an act of your will where you place your trust in him. Maybe you're here say, Pastor, pray for me. I don't know that my life is right with God. If I were today, I'm if I were to die today, I'm uncertain I would go to heaven. If that's you, just lift your hand. Nobody's looking around, nobody's moving around. So I can see those hands because we got we want to pray for you today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being honest and holding and raising those hands up. You can put those hands down if you lifted those hands. We're going to stand together at this time. And one of the things that I'm going to lead you in, and everybody can pray this prayer because if you're already a believer, it's not going to hurt you. It's going to only reinforce your faith. But it's a believer's prayer. It's a prayer where we can place our trust in Jesus and it can initiate a meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ. There was a day that I prayed a similar prayer that, of how I will lead you to pray today. And something happened in my heart. Jesus became real to me. He, it wasn't just a historical figure anymore. He wasn't just a religious figure that lived one day in history. He literally revealed himself to me where I experienced his love, his presence, and it literally changed my life. And, and I'm so thankful that Jesus is real. You know, we can have a religion, but that's not what Jesus came for. He came to bring us into a relationship with him. He wants you to have a relationship with him. So repeat this prayer after me, if you would. Heavenly Father, I open my heart to you, and I give my life to you. I dedicate myself to you today to live for you, to serve you, to know you, and follow you. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I receive you now. Make my life what you want it to be. In Jesus' name. Now, just in your own words, talk to him. Just say, Lord, I put my trust in you. I open my heart to you. Now, Jesus, I pray that you move upon this congregation and those that have tuned in online. Lord, that you would reveal your presence and show yourself strong in their behalf. That you would allow them to come to know you in a meaningful way. Jesus, reveal yourself. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to close in a worship song. 
And then we're going to have a prayer team up here. They're going to be available to pray for anyone that has need. If you raised your hand, we encourage you to come forward as well. We're so thankful that you were able to be with us today. Thank you for being so attentive. And, and this, I believe, was just a glorious day and time to be with God's people and among God's people in His presence. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We hope that this message spoke to you in a very meaningful way and that you were able to connect with the Lord. And hey, if you made a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today, we are first and foremost just so happy for you and we would love to get connected with you. So if you want to find some more of our content and find out how to get connected with us, feel free to check out our website at wearerefuge.net. Be blessed and have an amazing rest of your day.